You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Thank you, Pastor. Take your Bibles, please, and go to Luke chapter 2. Gospel of Luke chapter 2. I don't know about you, but after the song service tonight and the prayer time, I'm, I've been blessed already. About to just pray and be dismissed. And all God's people said? Uh-oh. Actually, I was also thinking I'd rather hear Brother Dan since his father-in-law is here tonight. That would be great for him to come up and preach. But uh, church family, I would like to say thank you. Um, a month ago for my ordination service, you were so kind to me and my family. And uh, thank you for all the cards and the gifts and the social security numbers and credit cards. Thank you for all of that. Uh, but no, thank you so much for your kindness to our family, and I sure appreciate it. And I really um, don't know how much you mean to me and my family. Uh, not saying that the place we were before wasn't where we are supposed to be. We love that church family too, but there's nothing like Victory Baptist Church. And we love you, and uh, we feel loved, and we're so thankful to be here uh, at this church. And uh, I was kind of struggling today with, as I always do, figuring out what to preach and um, I walked in here and saw all the Christmas decorations. I said, you know what? We're going to do a Christmas message tonight. And uh, I've been listening to the radio with the Christmas music and uh, some of the songs that were sang t- uh, sung tonight. Uh, I, God's confirmed in my heart this is what we need to uh, look at tonight. So the book of Luke, chapter number 2, we will begin reading here in just a moment. I'd like to just pray and then we will get into the message. Heavenly Father, God, I pray tonight that you'd calm my nerves, Lord, I pray that I would speak the words that you'd want me to say, and Lord, I pray you hide me behind the cross, Lord, I pray you use me now as my prayer, Lord, I thank you for the word of God, I thank you for the time of Christmas, Lord, I thank you for Jesus dying on the cross for my sins, and Lord, I do thank you for this church, and Lord, I pray for the hearts that are hurting tonight, that you'd help them, Lord, the hearts that are discouraged, I pray that you'd encourage them, Lord, I pray for the ones that aren't saved, Lord, I pray that you'd save them tonight, Lord. We ask all these things in your wonderful, precious Son's name, Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 2, look at verse number 1 here. Familiar passage of Scripture. And every time I hear these words, I'm getting excited because normally it means I'm about to open presents. And uh, no, well, that's how I grew up. We had to read this story. And I sat there patiently waiting for my dad to get through Luke 2 while my sisters were normally already opening their gifts. But I was being patient and being good, uh, waiting for my gifts. But Luke chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be masked, or not masked, I'm sorry, went all to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David. I'll read a couple more of these verses in just a moment here, but I'd like to take us back to the first Christmas. And uh, there's never been a night like it, never been a night like it since. And uh, just to think of how Jesus came in that fashion. Uh, It wasn't really a a big celebration, although there was. uh, The angels created one and proclaimed that he had been born. And the shepherds were there. And you think about the ones that were, were there. It wasn't the most popular people. It was the ones that just wanted to know what was going on. They wanted to be there to see the, the new child. And I think about how there was no room for him in the inn. And uh, how, uh, as you're the innkeeper, to hear later who you refuse service to. Uh, we don't hear about him uh, anymore, but I just wonder what was going through his mind. And I think about that night, and there's never been a night like it. 
And uh, I think about what was brought to us that night, the greatest gift of all. And uh, I want to preach a message tonight, and uh, please don't get mad at me, uh, but I'd like to preach a message on how to celebrate Christmas all year long. And uh, there is, um, I know some rules, I guess, some unwritten rules, I don't know who came up with them, that you're not supposed to play Christmas music or put Christmas decorations up until a certain day. Uh, but we put them up early this year just because we're ready for 2020 to be over. Uh, so we were just putting those up back in July. Uh, no, they weren't up then. Uh, but I love Christmas. I love Christmas time. And I think about how we had no hope. But because Jesus was born, now we have hope. I think about how I was a sinner. I was lost. And now I'm found. I still sin, but I'm found. And I'm saved. I think about how I had no hope. I was, I was destined to hell, but now I have an opportunity because of Jesus to accept that gift and change my citizenship to heaven. And you think about what was brought to us that night. Don't ever lose uh, the meaning of Christmas. And i got to remind myself with all the hustle and bustle and all that's going on, I, I, the Christmas is really the most wonderful time of the year. And it's not because of the Christmas vacation. It's not because school's out, even though I looked forward to that every year. Um, I won't be looking forward to that as our kids get in school. Uh, but uh, it, it was just a wonderful time, Christmas memories, making more Christmas memories, and uh, Christmas goodies. Diets are off, right? You can eat whatever you want. Um, cold weather, that's the only reason why I tolerate because I know Christmas is coming. Uh, Christmas hallmarks, uh, we won't go there. Um, but I just love, love Christmas time, and I know that for a lot of people it could be a difficult time. Uh, but don't forget the true meaning of Christmas. I'm so thankful, and I praise God for the night that Jesus came to seek and to save that which were lost. And uh, I know that uh, you've heard it before, Jesus is the reason for the season, but he really is the reason for every season. And so I'd like to look at tonight how we can celebrate Christmas all year long. Now, if you were to Google Christmas characters, uh, you would probably come up with, uh, these things would come up, it would say uh, maybe Santa Claus would be one thing that would, would pop up, uh, maybe Rudolph or Ebenezer Scrooge or the Grinch. Uh, George Bailey, uh, maybe Charlie Brown, maybe even Frosty the Snowman. Uh, but these are characters that Hollywood has created for Christmas. And um, thank you, Brother Dan, for giving me these list of characters. I don't know who these are. Uh, apparently, I guess uh, a couple weeks ago you found out all we watch is UFC fighting in our house, so we don't watch the Christmas shows like that. But um, anyways, but I'd like to focus tonight on several Christmas characters found in the Word of God. And uh, we'll look at three, and uh, I will say this, that I struggled with coming out with an outline for this. Uh, so the points are kind of lengthy, because I was trying to make it easier to remember, but uh, it was, I was spending too much time trying to figure that out. So follow me on this thought tonight, if you would. How to celebrate Christmas all year long. Number one tonight, I want, uh, I want to bring attention to the character of Mary and how she was. Uh, the example that we can learn from her. And she remained pure for God and His work. So I want to challenge us, number one tonight, how to celebrate Christmas all year long is to remain pure for God and God's work. I think we can all uh, agree tonight and come to the conclusion that morality in America is under attack tonight. In fact, that uh, it's hard to find sometimes. And uh, immorality is not only um, encouraged, but it's expected from our youth today. And it's a very sad day. I think about just where I was 10 years ago to where I am now I cannot believe the things that I've seen, uh, the things that are, that are happening in front of us. And I would have never even thought, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. You can even say even before 2020, some things I would have never thought happened, and it, and it took place. Uh, but this world, how do you, what do you expect? It's, it's sinful. It's been marred. Uh, it's a sin-cursed world. But there needs to be a difference. There needs to be a difference between the world 
in Christians. And nothing I'm going to say is new tonight, but I want to remind us that no matter where you go, you have the opportunity to remain pure. Remain pure in your actions, in your words, in your conversation, uh, in your relationships. Uh, we as Christians need to be morally pure, morally clean, and morally right. Uh, I want you to turn here, if you would, please. Go to 1 Corinthians, please, chapter 6. I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians 6. Look at a couple verses here. 1 Corinthians 6. Look at verse 18 through 20 here. Verse 18 says, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Look at that last couple of phrases there again. And if you mark your Bible, and it's just not underlined already, I want you to underline, underline this phrase. Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Underline that. Ye are not your own. Look at that next phrase. For ye are bought with a price. Underline that as well. Look at those last three words we looked at. Which are God's. I see here that the Bible is teaching us that Christians are literally property of Jesus Christ. And uh, we should not be ashamed of Jesus Christ, but uh, I hope Jesus Christ is not ashamed of us of how we portray Jesus Christ. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. We sang about it, being redeemed. I wonder, church family, did Jesus Christ get everything he paid for when he died on that cross in the area of our purity in our lives? Because purity does not start from without. It starts from within. And uh, as we know, we need to be careful. We need to guard our heart. We need to guard our eyes. We need to guard our ears. What are we looking at? What are we listening to? I'm so glad, I think you are too, that Mary stayed pure for God and God's work. It was prophesied in Isaiah 7:14, hundreds of years before, that Jesus Christ would be born of a virgin. It says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. I wonder tonight, church family, are we putting ourselves in a position to be used of God. And uh, I, I'm, I'm so thankful, uh, Ms. Jodine is saying about it, I'm thankful for the grace of God. Uh, but I'm not saying just to be used uh, in, in this amazing way that you picture, but just to be used how God wants you to be used. And uh, the way, God's methods are not man's methods, and I'm thankful for that. But I wonder, if we're, are we putting ourselves in the position to be used of God? What I mean by that is, uh, I, 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 I tend to always go to illustrations of sports, uh, but when I was playing sports, it was always like, you know, you, you go to practice, that's a good thing to do. Um, you think about the plays, uh, you think about the, maybe if you're playing baseball, think about the different signs. I'll just say this real quick. I was on this team one time, and I, I very uh, quickly realized that uh, being homeschooled did not help me. Um, but they did these signs where, like, you touch your nose, that was one, touch your ear, that was two, and you add them up as they go. So I'm here on first base trying to add up all these numbers, but if they like rub their belly, you got to divide it by two and then multiply it by three. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I have no idea what you just told me to do. And then you're supposed to like touch your hat if you got it. And I always just went, nope, don't know what you just did. Um, but anyways, I didn't do a very good job is what I'm saying, learning how to uh, know those plays. But I remember in, in, in basketball, uh, many times that uh, we would have to uh, be challenged, okay? I remember, uh, uh, I know Nathan on there, Jared, I think you probably remember this, but uh, Joel would always have this sheet on his office door, and you'd have to go sign the, uh, the, the drills that he would make you do for that week. And it was always embarrassing when you did not sign it because everybody saw it. The whole church saw it. It was on his office door. 
And so there was many times uh, before sundown, Saturday, man, I had to run a couple extra miles. And a couple times I was like, yeah, I, I think I ran up and down the stairs. That, that, that counts as a mile, I think, uh, a couple times there. So I'll sign my name. Uh, no, I did not do that. Uh, Brother Nathan did, but I did not do that. Um, but I had to put myself in a position to be used on that team. If I didn't go to practice, if I didn't learn the plays, if I didn't eat right, if I didn't exercise right, I wasn't putting myself in a, to be used on that team. Uh, same thing applies in our Christian life. Uh, what are we filling ourselves up with? Are we filling ourselves up with the world? Are we filling ourselves up with the Word of God, uh, with, with the Spirit of God? Are we exercising faith? Uh, are we putting ourselves in a good position to be used of God? I wonder if Mary wouldn't have stayed pure. Uh, she probably wouldn't have been used in the way that God had intended to use her, not saying that He wouldn't have used her any other way. I challenge our church, I challenge myself to be, uh, to be morally pure, uh, have purity in our lives, in our marriages, our homes, our conversations, our families, our walk with God. Uh, because we see over and over again in the Word of God, and we see over and over again in, in, in people that you run into, that God will use greatly a pure life. Uh, God will use a pure marriage, a pure home, a pure conversation, a pure workplace. I'll, I'll just say this, I'll stop right there. Uh, a pure workplace. Uh, it, it could be very toxic. Uh, I know that several workplaces that maybe you work at, uh, the, the language or the conversations or just the attitude of, of work uh, can be very toxic, could be very, uh, it could influence you. I remember um, going to a Christian school when I was in sixth grade, and um, I remember just the people that I would hang out with, and uh, not really, I couldn't really obviously say I can't hang out with these people because they're in my classroom, but I remember just the way that they would talk. I picked up on it, and I started to talk like them. Uh, it was not curse words or anything like that, but pretty close. Uh, I think we all maybe have used some of those words that we should not, but I remember I went home and I said this word, again, not a curse word, uh, but very close to a curse word. Uh, we weren't allowed to say, oh my gosh, well, I said that, and I, I think I ate soap that night. Uh, and uh, so, no, we don't, we don't say that. And I, I remember, it wasn't any, I didn't even realize it was happening, but because I was in a place where I was letting influence, I was letting them influence me rather than I influence them. And uh, I understand that sometimes maybe you feel outnumbered, uh, but just ask God to give you the victory because God's going to use you in that pure workplace. Uh, I wonder tonight, church family, how are we doing in the area of our purity? How can we celebrate Christmas all year long, remain pure for God and God's work? Number two, how can we celebrate Christmas all year long? Number two, proclaim Christ like the angels did. Proclaim Christ like the angels did. An angel is a messenger, one who delivers a message to someone on behalf of another. There's also a Bible verse that says that you can attend, uh, entertain angels unaware. Uh, that you just heard me say that I'm delivering a message to someone on behalf of another. Well, God gave me this message, I'm giving it to you, so therefore, you uh, unaware, I'm an angel. Okay. Don't tell that joke again. I'm sorry, okay. All right. In Luke chapter 1, an angel brings a message to Mary and that she will bring forth the Son and call his name Jesus. An angel told Mary, a Savior is coming. Luke chapter 2, an angel brings a message to the shepherds that a Savior had been born. The angels told the shepherds a Savior was there. Acts 1, a message brought forth to those who saw Jesus ascend into heaven. He told them, the angels told them, the Savior is coming again. The angels had a message to proclaim, and so do we. Our message is found in Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's our message to tell others that thou shalt be saved. They call on Jesus Christ. Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Can I ask you, church family, and I'm, I'm talking to myself uh, uh, first here, how are we doing with proclaiming Christ? When was the last time that we were able to witness? When was the last time you were able to share the gospel 
uh, with someone, proclaim Jesus Christ that he is Lord. Uh, I'm thankful for our, our visitation uh, times that we, uh, we set aside on Thursdays and Saturday. If I could pull a, put a plug in here at 10 a.m., uh, come on out and say, well, it, it, uh, it's a little bit different right now. Well, I'm glad we have modern technology where we can put a piece of paper on their door that has the gospel and the word of God is more powerful than anything you could say. So we can put that on the door and uh, I'm thankful that we have that time. But I can tell you sometimes I forget because that time is scheduled to leave a track when I'm at a restaurant, leave it on the table there. There's other opportunities. I forget that when I'm in passing, and I know that a lot of times everything is so quick and you don't really want to hold up somebody in line, but leave a track with that, with that cashier. Uh, let's, let's make sure that we're, we are proclaiming Jesus Christ wherever we go. So I don't know how to do that. Well, just tell them what happened to you. Tell them how you got saved. Have you proclaimed that Jesus Christ has came? Have you proclaimed that he's come? Are you proclaim, proclaiming Jesus Christ is coming again? And I just want to challenge us to show that to a lost and dying world. And uh, I, know, I know we know this. Uh, I, I've been going through this little mini-series in the Sunday School class I've been teaching about the power of forgiveness. And I, I'm just amazed at how many people, uh, you just look at the news. And actually, you know what? It's been a couple weeks since I looked at the news. It's been well over a week since I even looked at Facebook. And I've been doing really good. Uh, and uh, I tell you what, that's, that's a great thing to do. I challenge you to do that if you're having a tough time seeing all the negativity out there. But I, re I remember have no idea where I was going with that thought. That's why I said I remember. Hang on here. But uh, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say, have a positive message. There's so much negativity out there. The power of forgiveness, that's where I was going. There's so much negativity out there that I feel like if people would just learn to forgive, and someone's suing this person, someone's getting upset over here, someone went and shot up the school because they were upset how someone treated them when they were a kid. I'm not, I'm not belittling how someone was abused, but I am saying if, you just learned to for, if we would just learn to forgive and, and exercise that forgiveness, uh, we'd, be, we'd probably be a little bit better off. And uh, Jesus Christ forgave us. I'm for sure we can forgive others. Not only do we need to remain pure for God and God's work like Mary did and proclaim Christ like the angels did. Next, number three, how can we celebrate Christmas all year long? Purpose in your heart, no matter what, that you will remain faithful to God like the wise men did. Purpose in your heart, no matter what, to remain faithful to God like the wise men did. Let's turn over to Matthew chapter 2, please. We'll stay here for the remainder of the message here. Matthew 2. Look at verse number 1. Matthew 2. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was... I did that again. I did that earlier. Matthew, not Mark. That's a good passage, too. Go to Matthew, not Mark, Caleb. There we go. Mark. Matthew, there we go. Matthew 2. Verse number one, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. I love this passage here. That We'll, we'll read a couple more verses here in just a moment. Hold your place there. But the wise men, uh, it doesn't really indicate that they knew that it was exactly uh, the promised one or Jesus Christ, but they knew that, that, they, uh, were, that it was important uh, and they were going to be there. Uh, for this. I see here that uh, the wise men, uh, they kept doing what they already knew what to do. That star disappeared. I don't know about you, but if I, I, sometimes I get so used to GPS or knowing where I'm going. All of a sudden a detour comes up or the cell service goes out and all of a sudden it's like, man, I don't know what to do. Uh, what I, what a lot of times what I do is I, I just, okay, well, it's not worth it. I'm going home. I'm going to go home because I know how to get home. I don't know where I'm going right now, but I'm going to go home. These wise men, they, they were going to where they, where they knew to go and all of a sudden they I'm not sure where we're supposed to go anymore, but they just kept doing what they already knew what to do. 
Next, I like to also look at uh, that verse there. They did not do what they weren't instructed to do. Now, if I haven't confused you already, what I'm saying is they knew what they were supposed to do, but instead of saying, you know what, maybe it's not worth it, we'll just go home. They said, well, we weren't instructed to go home. God told us, we, we, we believe that this is where we're supposed to go, and we're not going to go back. Uh, maybe there's someone here tonight that God's told you something in your life, this is what you're supposed to do, and all of a sudden it's gotten a little quiet. So, well, I, I don't know where that star is. I'm not sure where I'm supposed to go. Well, he told you for a reason. Maybe he's just waiting, uh, he's, just, he's just working on you, asking for you to just trust in him, but don't turn around. Don't, go, don't give up with what God's instructed you to do. I also see that they, uh, at verse, number, verse number three here, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. I'm going to stop here just as well, too. I see also that um, these wise men, they sought advice from those who would give spiritual answers. They sought advice from those who would give spiritual answers. Uh, he, uh, Herod brought in the, uh, those, those men, and they, they, they went and said, Hey, it's been prophesied. Uh, so they searched the scriptures to figure out where Jesus was supposed to be born. And, they, they, and they, they went to them for answers. I'll, I'll say this. I've been surprised. Uh, I haven't been in ministry a whole long time, but I've ran into a few people that it just kind of confuses me uh, when they are explaining to me that some, they're going through something tough. And then they say, well, uh, my family and I are going to counseling. I said, oh, where are, you, where are you going to counseling? Oh, some, some guy. And then I find out this person's not even saved. And, it just, I, and again, it's like, okay, well, I'm, I want to ask you something. Uh, why don't try coming to Sunday school? Why not try and come to Sunday morning? Sunday night, Wednesday night. Why not try to go to your pastor who, uh, who's going to take the word of God and give you counsel? Uh, I want to challenge us tonight to stop looking all over the place for uh, what, what to do next, or what, but go to the word of God. Go to uh, someone that will give you spiritual answers. I'm glad the wise men went to see, seek spiritual answers. Uh, Jerusalem was the capital city. Uh, they searched the scriptures. But look at verse number nine here. When they had heard that the king, uh, or heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. I actually skipped a verse there, but uh, they said, well, he was supposed to be born in Bethlehem, so that's where he was born. Why don't you, why don't you go there? And they, so they, they started to come out and start to journey that way, and all of a sudden the star went to where Jesus was because he was no longer in Bethlehem. And I see here that uh, we can learn from the wise men as they put God's instruction above man's. They put God's instructions above man's. I'm not saying that uh, uh, um, someone that you look up to that's spiritually in a authoritative position is ever going to lead you astray, uh, but I've, I've been uh, in the case of maybe giving uh, wrong counsel to uh, some people. I'll, I'll say that I've done that before, but what I'm thankful for is when I've gone out to, to seek counsel, they'll say, well, this is why I believe that the Word of God says, but Caleb, you've got to decide what's going to be best for you and your family. You need to pray about this. And so these wise men, they go out and they realize, well, God is not, we're not supposed to listen to, put God's uh, instruction below man, put God's instruction above man. So they see here, we can learn, they put God's instruction above man. I love this. Look at these last two verses here, uh, verse 11 and 12. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I'm going to stop there. We'll look at verse 12 in just a moment. Look at that again in verse number 11. They fell down and worshipped him. I see here that after their long journey, it wasn't an easy journey. Uh, it wasn't just like they just hopped in the truck and got there in a couple. They took, it took them a while to get there. It was definitely a, a big ordeal. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that uh, you know, we can, we, we, 
a lot of times you'll see the three kings at a nativity scene. Uh, we know that's, that's just part of the nativity scene that we like to do, but they, it took them many, uh, many months to get there. And uh, there's, I think they say that there are also, some scholars say over 500 that went there and did this. So it was not an easy journey, if you can follow me on this. But I see here that they never lost their attitude of worship. Never lost their attitude of worship. You know, a lot of times in my life, I can get frustrated with timing of things. Or uh, I'll just say this, um, I'll, be, I'll be transparent tonight. It was just a struggle getting the kids in the van tonight to get to church, and we only live about 10 houses away. It's, I, I said to the Sunday school class this last night, it's like moving a little army. I feel like, man, we've got to load these kids up, get them in their seats, and by then, one kid had already punched the other kid, one threw something out the other, and it's like, man, I don't even know how we're going to get to church tonight. And, how, and I, maybe I should take Brother Dan's advice and just drive separately, my wife with the kids, and then they could come in. Um, but, but that's when I put God's instruction above man. No, uh, But they never lost their attitude of worship. Church family, I want to challenge us tonight that in the busyness and the craziness of 2020, don't lose your attitude of worship. Uh, just the songs tonight as we were singing, uh, I'll say this, that um, I know I'm not that old, but as I get older, and these songs mean much more to me. Uh, hearing those songs say, man, I, I, can, I can relate to that. Uh, you, know, I, I, you know, when I was younger, maybe it was like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a song we sing at church, but they become more real to you. And um, that's what I want to challenge us. Don't lose your attitude of worship. I don't know what you're going through, but God's got a plan. God's got a plan. Don't lose your attitude of worship. Look at verse number 12. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they depart into their own country another way. Uh, of course, we know that Herod said, hey, when you find, when you find Jesus, when you find the, the child, come and tell me. And God warned him in a dream and says, no, nope, <laughs> you need to go a different way. Herod doesn't have good plans. I see here, lastly, what we can learn from the wise men is they obeyed God in all that they told them to do. And I don't know about you, church family, but when I, when I get to heaven someday, I know I've made my share of mistakes, but I, I want to make sure that I, in everything that I try to do, I want to obey God. I want to obey God. And uh, I'm thankful for the grace. I'm thankful for the mercy. I'm thankful for God's patience with me. The church family, I just, want to, I just want to remind us tonight to be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful in the good times. Be faithful in the bad times. It's easy to be faithful in the good times. I think we all understand that. I want to hear those words one day. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. How can we celebrate Christmas all year long? Remain pure for God and His work, just like Mary did. Proclaim Christ like the angels did. Purpose in your heart that no matter what, that will remain faithful to God, just like the wise men did. What area tonight is the Lord speaking to you about that we need to maybe up our game in? We need to do a little bit better. And I just want to challenge us tonight. How, how to celebrate Christmas all year long? Be pure. Be faithful. Proclaim Christ. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.